it simple, really. Great stories with a good cup of tea. It's the Tea with Mike show. Tea with Mike fans on uh, this episode, uh, Justin joins me. Um, come uh, listen and watch his story, uh, the transitions uh, from corporate America uh, to running your own business. So grab a cup of tea, sit back, and enjoy. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Tea with Mike show. Uh, joining me uh, for this one is uh, Justin. Uh, welcome to Tea with Mike, Justin. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. So, so, so let's start off uh, pretty uh, generically. So what do you call home? What do I call home? Phoenix, Arizona. Born and raised. Yep. And you've lived in, and you've been there your entire life? I have. Yep. Yeah, went to college out here, ASU. Um, did a little bit of traveling, but yeah, just mostly just all out here. Oh, awesome. So then, um, so what, what were some of uh, your favorite subjects in uh, school? Uh, I used to really like math growing up. Uh, always wanted to be an engineer, following my, you know, my dad's footsteps. He went, he went through college for it. Uh, my uncle's an engineer. Oh, wow. So grew up with so, that. So it runs in the family. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, did you did you feel kind of uh, added pressure because it already ran in the family, or did you genuinely enjoy uh, math, which is a big part of uh, mechanical engineering? That's a great question. Uh, it was a little bit of both. I think it was, uh, you know, a lot of it from from dad saying, you know, you got to go to school, got to go to school, get a good education, all that fun stuff, right? That we all that we all grow up with. But it was, it, you know, I think I really liked it at the time. Okay. Yeah, I think it was really something I wanted to do. Um, oh, there's my cat. Sorry about that. My cat's gonna be popping in and out here. That's uh, cool. Should get us some more hits, you know? People like animals. <laughs> hey, he's he's right here. He'll probably come by and stand right in front of the computer. I don't know. <laughs> he's a cool cat. Um, so yeah, you know, going growing up, it was kind of you know my thing to be an engineer. Um, and then I found out in high school I was dual enrolled in some community college classes. Okay. I what I was going to do. So I was kind of floundering in high school, but made my way back to engineering after high school and finished it and graduated at ASU. Awesome. And so, and so when you were at ASU, uh, the uh, mechanical engineering is uh, pretty broad. So what sort of kind of like classes did you take? Were there any that kind of stood out for you? Did you just kind of choose to specialize in a certain area of engineering? Yeah, I think so. With a mechanical engineering uh, degree, you you take a lot of the, the basic you know statics and structural classes, um, some design. So I really liked the design classes. Uh, I didn't like the pressure of, of school. You know, just being rushed, trying to get through every class with a passing grade, and that was kind of annoying. But I really took a took a liking to the to the design classes, um, the computer aided engineering ones. Those are fun. And then really liked it when I graduated doing that um, and being a project engineer so I could kind of utilize my talents and being OCD, like over <laughs> start to finish and uh, design the project, uh, the, the parts as we went along. So that was fun. I liked that one the most. Awesome. So, so kind of how, how did it uh, feel when you um, graduated? Because my understanding is, correct me if I'm wrong, that there's, there's a high uh, dropout rate in uh, engineering in general um i felt great you know i was i was on cloud nine parents were really happy you know family was was really stoked about it i you know um 
I thought I was part of that elite, you know, you, you get through it, you you hear that a lot, you know, a lot of people don't make it through engineering. It, it is tough, not gonna lie, but at the same time, I think it's overhyped. I think I think it anyone could could do it as long as they just, you know, stick to the grind and, and just go through it. Um, that was the one thing my, my dad would always tell me growing up is, you know, if you don't understand this subject in math, you're not gonna be an engineer and if you don't do this and I'm like, ah. So you kinda have that, but going through it it's just just buckle down and anyone can do it, you know? Awesome, and, and so it, it, it was a four-year degree? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome, and, yep. and then so obviously, so obviously went to university and then you graduate and then, so how, how long did you spend working in corporate America? Uh, I spent about, I think up just up to this March, 2020, about six years. Is that six years? No, nope. graduated in 2014, and just got out of corporate America this year. Awesome. Uh, and so, and so, what what did that time in uh, corporate America teach you in terms of uh, skills? This is a great question. Um, it actually detoured me from wanting to continue being an engineer for a company. Um, and I say that you know, some will argue, well, then you're not a real passionate engineer or whatever the case may be. But I really found. I think I found who I truly was, um, and that was a um, just a really good business owner, coming, you know, coming at it with with the view of empathy and trust to the team, um, and, and secondly, company culture. I think that's what it really taught me. Working for really small companies, all the way up to a global company, um, and you can anyone can check out my LinkedIn. You'll see my resume there, like who I've worked for, um, and I really think it taught me, you know. You gotta treat your teams better, in, okay. in companies. Um, I would talk to a lot of people, and they, it's all the same thing. You know, it's we're just a number. We're just here to do a job and go home. And it gets, it's sad to hear that. It's like really sad and depressing to hear that. And and I just feel for them. So I think corporate America really taught me to say, hey, how can we disrupt this industry? And and what can we do to change this? This is twenty, you know, twenty twenty, and and. This shouldn't be happening. You know, the 1960s and 70s and 80s, they're gone. These these methods don't work anymore. So, I think so, it's that. Gotcha. So, so just so so you, so at, at the beginning it was kind of fulfilling. Obviously, you got through um at the uh, the achievement of getting through a university. But then, as you began to work in in the field, you, your happiness declined a little bit. It just wasn't. As good as fit as you thought in the first place. Yep, exactly. You were just kind of put into a cubicle, and you do a lot of emails as an engineer. A lot of oh, emails. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, even people who had masters that I was friends with out of the school, just a lot of emails. Um, so <laughs> nothing wrong with that, I guess. It's just you. you yeah. So. So it, 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 it would it would be fit it, it would be fit to see. You gave it a shot, but you just wanted to add something more. Yeah. Like, I had the whole mentality of going to school. This is how crazy I was. Going through the four years at ASU, I, I really thought I would come out and work for one company and retire with them. Like, mm. ranks and retire with them, at, you know, in my 60s. <laughs> uh, right. I, I heard those stories from my dad and my uncle growing up. It's My uncle is actually, I think, literally to this day, still at his same company. And he wow. graduated in 85 from ASU. And it's just like, oh, those days are long gone, you know? 
Yes, and I guess world economics are a lot more volatile. Yeah. yeah. Things like that. People are always chopping and changing. Yeah. Also, and then so, so, so that's almost like the, if you're writing a book, that's almost like the first uh, chapter of your, of your life. So when did you uh, first become interested in uh, kind of running your own business and brand building and social media, all of that type of thing? Yeah, so that that actually came into play uh, 2015, I think it was. So about a year out of school, um, one of my good college buddies, um, he was doing a side project for his dad for Father's Day, and it was a really cool project. It was basically um, he had three aluminum plates, like sheets, right? So they're not very big, they're about this wide, and you black anodize them, and then you you laser engrave an image across all three. Oh, cool. So, you hang these three panels on your wall, kind of separated with a little gap, and it makes one image. It was actually a really cool idea. Um, so we started the company. It's, it's called Contrast. I think the Facebook page is still up. It's with a K. You can you, people still like and view the page. It's really fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's Contrast, and uh, we started that, and and that's when things really hit me as far as like how fast the world is moving, right? So crazy thing. I came into contrast not knowing a thing about business development. Um, I didn't have an Instagram. I'm not sure if they were around. I think they were around back then. Um, I had a Facebook and that was about it. I had no idea how to use YouTube. I had no idea what Twitter was. I didn't know what a tweet was. So I was coming into this thing, you know, fresh, fresh. like a baby deer, just fresh. Right? <laughs> just fresh into this world. And so it took a lot of learning. Unfortunately, we, we didn't grow the business, you know, like I wanted. Um, still in the back burner, though. We, he and I still talk about it to this day. Oh, interesting. But yeah, so that was 2015. Started Contrast. Um, learned a lot. Learned a lot about social media and all, all that. And then I think it was 2016, we dabbled in the dropshipping business. Oh, yeah, because it was a, well, it was, that was the emergence, right, of dropshipping. Right, right. That was like the big, the big step um, into, uh, drop shipping it was it wasn't really prevalent at that time at least not like it like it has been the past few years right it was not really booming yet so we tried it um again i was not well versed in social media facebook ads i had i was still learning okay so that one that one basically you know we just had to close that one down just wasn't working out cool concept um but again, the market's so flooded with that now, and it's so awesome. So, 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 what, what did you kind of um, like learn uh, from and um, trying to start two different types of things, and then them both not uh, quite working, at least in the present day while we're talking. Right. Learned. Uh, well, retrospect now, I, I learned, and I guess we'll kind of get to this in, in later in the call, but. Um, learn that you, you really got to just hone in on what either what you're good at um, or, or tackle one thing or, or several things that you know a hundred thousand percent you can handle at a time because doing two is tough it's it's very tough um, and didn't I didn't realize that until actually this year when I left the day job so also uh, and then so during obviously uh, these two uh, early businesses if you're reflecting on them, is it like maybe one to three top tips that you that you learned or things you would never do again? 
Right. Um, things I never do again. Man. Well, what I learned was basically it's okay to fail. That's my first and foremost go-to. Um, I, I've learned that failure is okay. You know, you go to school, at least in engineering, being taught that you know you have to get the right answer. You got to carry it right. to three different places, four different places. You know, and so you're you're so like obsessed with not failing. Um, colleges, are, colleges and universities are almost not helping you in a lot of ways prepare for the real workforce because yeah. they talk about plan A, you take whatever, B, you get a job, but the, the, there's more percentage of people that doesn't work for that actually succeed. Right, right. And so, yeah, it's, it's so true. And, and uh, you know, you, I see why, like, the Musks and the Googles and the Apples are slowly getting away from the college, uh, you know, degrees. As far as in some in some ways they don't really care too much about that, right? Because again, it, it doesn't really prepare you fully for the real world, which is kind of sad. Um, so the biggest thing is failure. Failure is okay, and you're gonna fail, and and you're gonna fail again, and then you'll fail again ten more times. Um, you'll lose those those deals. Um, it happened to my athlete box, um, but you pick yourself up and you move forward. I think the biggest thing is um, when you fail to be transparent with your team. Hey, here's what happened. But here are some possible solutions I came up with. Let's move forward. And right, you know, they implement for next time. Yeah. Yep, and you're golden. It's, it's everyone's a human, right? So. Also, yeah, uh, and did you have a third piece, or are they kind of the? Um, the so the third one is don't don't. I think the biggest thing is, um, and this is something I'm kind of going through recently, and I don't know if it's just me, but everyone's going so fast, right? So fast. Um, but you only see the, the quote-unquote overnight success, right? You don't see what the struggle was to get there. Right. Um, like just today I found out that uh, Uber bought Postmates for $2.6 Oh. Like that's crazy. Like that is – but again, people don't see – I didn't know that Postmates was actually founded in 2011, 2012. You don't see that. Like you don't see their struggle. So I, no. I think the last point to take away is – as hard as it is, it's okay to kind of slow down a smidge. Like you don't got to be the next Uber like overnight, right? You got to like get there. And we're learning that with my athlete box. Like stuff just takes time. You got to just work as fast as you can, but understand that, you know, we're all human, right? And I struggled with that a long time, like for a long time. Like go fast, go fast, don't sleep, just keep going. You know, the the big players out there don't sleep and you, you really can't have that mindset or else you are going to fail <laughs> yeah. like majorly fail right not just fail small but you're just going to close down business indefinitely because you think you can't do everything right and also you definitely don't have the sick you have less than one percent of the resources that some of these major right. people and uh, companies do right right cool. awesome so this is a this is definitely an awesome uh, transitions as uh, so before we transition into talking a little bit about athletes box, right? Yep. Um, it, and obviously it's based around their fitness. So um, have, has fitness always been uh, something that you've been interested in personally? Uh, in high school, I really was. Um, you know, I took a lot of weightlifting classes. I played tennis. Um, I always kind of wanted to be a quarterback, but I just never went for it. Um, so yeah. And then I think college came and it just like reset everything. Okay. Drinking the energy drinks or staying up late, you know, your body. Right. The engineer, life, college, life, university, yeah. 
Yep, yep. So I fell into that trap of not eating healthy, and and so I, um, I was real unhealthy coming out of college, and then slowly started getting into it. I think a couple years out of school, started drinking more water, eating healthy, you know, um, getting better sleep, and so I lost, you know, I'd say I probably lost a good 25 pounds or so um, in those couple years after college, um, which is which is awesome, and then. Uh, you know, being now in the fitness box with, with what we're doing, I'm, I'm definitely more into it. I'm, I'm exercising a lot more. You know, our founder, my amazing girlfriend, Ursula, um, she's been getting me into her workout routines, the HIIT routines, and, and just, awesome. you know, finding new things to, to try. So it's been fun. Awesome. So you definitely say you've become uh, more health conscious as you've gone through, gone through your life. And... Yep. Cool. Awesome. So do you, do you want to tell everybody a little bit about uh, the, the, your current business and kind of how, how you got started in it and yeah a little bit a little bit about its vision and how you think it can help people yeah so um uh, so my athlete box is the current main business i'm running right now uh it's taken up all my all my time and energy and uh we, we started it in late 2017 with the idea to bring other hard-working busy women out there um, not just a subscription box they can order every month, but services. So I knew, um, so Ursula went on her own fitness journey uh, several <laughs> years prior to 2017. Um, and she lost a lot of weight. She did it, the, you know, the, the hard the hard way, you know, eating healthy, just sticking to a routine, et cetera, et cetera. And so I knew the subscription box business was still on uptick. Um, it was still very much booming, still is. Um, but I wanted to go beyond just the boxes, right? So this is kind of where my experience came in with Contrast and the other brand um, of, of learning, you know, disruption, right? How to change the industry, how to make it better, how to stand out from the competitors. And I wanted to offer a bunch of services. And so we launched in 2018 with a very big box. It was kind of just too big, old logo. It's actually this logo I have in my hat. That's our old logo. <laughs> The other hat that I that I wear every day with our new logo is all sweaty from sports and working out. Uh, so I saw this guy I pulled out of the closet. Um, but uh, we had a big box, not very many vendors, like partners, right? We were still new. Took it to a few events, um, and and at the events we learned from most of the the millennial aged women were super pumped about it. They were like, this is cool. Yes, you guys need work to, to improve on, but this is a great idea. Cause so so what sort of things uh, were in the box for people that have like no idea about what the subscription box is, et cetera? Yep. So right now, currently we have three tier levels. So we have snacks, all healthy snacks. We have motivational products. We have apparel. We have digital workouts, digital recipes that we offer on the website. Um, we also do beauty products, post gym care products. Basically, the whole kind of full circle 360 of, of right, right, around health from like you're arriving at your house or you want to work yep. out at home, etc. Yep. Yep. Or how am I going to cool down? Right. So exactly. it's the whole journey. Is that accurate? Yep. yep. Awesome. And, and so, have you, like, so at what point did you realize that there was a gap in the subscription based? market like who is there anyone that you've kind of modeled your business concept of yeah there were a, there were a couple uh, mostly the crossfit boxes um 
the hardcore, you know, uh, hardcore gym boxes, like the fitness ones. Um, but we realized there was really no uh, female fitness box, right, for just oh. the busy working woman. There really, I mean, there was one or two, I think, at the time. And even to this day, there's only a handful, um, at least in the U.S. There's, there's not very many. Oh, really? That's interesting because... Not that I know anything about the industry, but I thought there would have been lots of competition. Right. Yep. Well, I know there's there's one big one big box that does now a men and women's box. They've offered a women's box for a little while, but when we started, they weren't doing a women's box. Um, so you so so just to make sure I understand. So you you uh, you focused your target audience more on uh, the women's side uh, because you identified through marketing uh, research that there was less competition. Well, actually, it started with with Ursula's own fitness journey. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It started with her because she she took her own fitness journey, and you can check it out on the About Us page. You'll see it's kind of a funny story, but we started from that. Um, she just said, okay. you know, going through my journey, this wasn't offered. Like there was nothing to help me um, to accomplish this, and if I could provide a a box to other women like me to their doorstep every month then that's like a win-win. Oh, right. That, that, that almost makes for a stronger brand because it's, it's something that's um, like stand out of a passion and an interest in, yep. which is to talk about something that you're already doing too, right? Yep, yep, exactly. So, so what have been uh, some of the opportunities and challenges with it today? Uh, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, man, the subscription model is very very tough if you're if you're shipping out different products you have to stay ahead at least two to three months minimum you've got to stay ahead especially if you're a small startup company very small team and you don't have a lot of investment um, uh, from VCs or angels um, it's tough you gotta you gotta just plan ahead that's the first thing plan ahead secondly um, it costs a little bit of money to get into this business. You know, I was fortunate to have the engineering salary to help kind of invest. In <laughs> so it was useful working in mechanical. It was. It was. Yes, it very much was. Um, so it, it takes a little bit of capital to to get right. going. Is that is that in terms of like shipping costs and that sort of sort of thing, or is uh, it shipping? Yeah. Box. Oh, you got to so. make them, haven't you? You got to like yep. a truck. And then the biggest thing is if uh, if you're a small company, which we still we're still very small relative to other brands, um, but we have a lot of um, awareness now and almost not so much buying power, but a lot of exposure out there um, that that brands are a lot more willing to work with us on pricing now. But if you're when we started out, it was like, hey, we need five, and they were just like, you know. Who are you guys? You know, we'll try to work with you, but we really can't give you much of a of a price break. You know, right. so that, that's the toughest thing. Um, but yeah, it's those are the biggest things to look out for. And then, what about opportunities? Uh, opportunities, well, what positive things even. Yeah, I think the opportunities, at least from what I've experienced, are a you get you you just you network with so many more people out there. Like the networking that I've I've made through just my athlete box is incredible. Like you meet great startup founders, you meet great you know bigger companies. I mean, um, 
we're partnered with Iron Man Magazine, and they are awesome. And we were so small at an event a year ago. We met them, and they're like, sure, let's talk numbers. Let's talk about this. Like, you just meet so many cool people. Um, secondly, samples, right? We always ask for samples <laughs> before boxes, and we get we get sent a lot of samples to try out. So it's cool there. Um, the networking and the, and the free product you get to try out is, is awesome. Oh, awesome. And then, so how how has uh, COVID affected uh, business? Great question. More, more, more in terms of the operational sides, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, we've had a few upset subscribers this year. Um, just, it's been crazy. You know, we've had a lot of delayed shipments this year, but we've also had the benefit of getting some product at, at, at no cost because oh, some of our vendors, like just just before this call, our product specialist, Brittany, called me. She's like, hey, I got to let you know something great that happened. And, and there's a there's a sunscreen brand out there that's struggling to because, you know, baseball stadiums are shut down. They right. said, hey, let's we'll send you products. Just promote it. And like, let's do it. So um, a lot of those great opportunities with brands like saying, hey, we just we can't we're not going to events. We normally give these away at events. So we're looking. Oh, yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah. So and they were. And they were and they would have already allocated it probably within that budget at least, but at least yeah. And and secondly, the biggest thing and the kind of where I'm trying to take the business is um, the home workouts. Like everyone is really looking to do more home fitness, and I think that's going to be the trend in the next five to fifteen plus years. Um, you know, the Pelotons, the Nordatracks, um, all those types of companies. Um, and, and fitness in general is, is going to be geared, I think, more towards in-home fitness. Interesting. And you, was it already going that way and, and COVID just sped it up? Or? Yeah, I think so. I, I think it was going that way. The, the waters were being tested with Peloton, you know, when before they went public. Um, I could see it happening. I could just see that trend. And, and then I heard their podcast um, on how I built this. They were on how I built this podcast. And heard about their journey and what they were doing and I paid attention and I could I could see they were trying to disrupt that and when they went public that just you know helped it there and now with COVID it's just like that just kind of shot it even further ahead so so we're trying to really take advantage of what's happening right now in the best way possible to help women at home and even men um if you if you check out our shop, we're we're dabbling in a few more niche boxes. So oh, interesting. So yeah, interesting. So styling in one area, but hopefully yep. building yep. that. Nice. Well, I fought with Ursula since day one that I wanted to do a men's box. <laughs> you want to really stay true to the you know the female market, which is fine. I, that was no big deal. But it's like, come on, why don't we just try a men's box? And at these events, we would get men that would ask, hey, do you do a men's box? And we were just like, oh, interesting. And then I always point to her. I'm like, talk to her about it. And she would just give me this look. Um, but so, yeah, the Iron Man magazine box is more gender neutral. Um, awesome. We're launching a dodgeball box for the dodgeball community. So we're, we're proud to, to be the first one to kind of bring a fitness box there. And we got a few more. So Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So it's been great. Awesome. It's been busy. Awesome. Do you, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, the team of uh, people that you work with? Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. So and and, and, and how you probably all complement each other's skill set and why that's important to, in business in general. Yes, that's a great, great topic. Um, so it's Ursula's our founder. Uh, she handles all the, the 
the budgeting and the pricing for each one's box. And she works closely with Brittany, our product specialist. So Brittany's done a great job on sourcing the products. She reaches out to these vendors and gets the, the conversation started. She's she's been freaking great. Just and she'll tell us, hey, here's a list of vendors. I'm gonna pass them off to you guys and, and just just a real well oiled machine. How did how did you guys uh, meet Brittany? <laughs> That's a great question. So uh, this was this was last year. Um, her mom had bought her a three month prepay to a SlimFit box. Okay. And, and what was what was funny as uh, sorry Brittany if you're watching sorry uh, her her mom had a comment we'll say about the packaging that it came in so it came in our bubble. Our bubble wrap, purple bubble mailer. Oh, so oh, so Brittany was a was it was a user of the product before. Yeah, she yeah. Oh, yep. okay. She was a gift recipient, so her mom got her um, uh, oh. this as a gift, and so I got an email from her mom uh, one day after the first box went out, uh, just just kind of saying, hey, I I was kind of hoping it would be in a cardboard box, a little bit nicer. This is a gift, and so instantly I got on, you know, me being who I am, I responded immediately, said, hey. We typically don't do this, but you know, it was a gift for for your daughter. So let me, I'll fix this, and your last two boxes will be an actual cardboard. The box that we send out to our top tier boxes. Oh, okay, okay. Yep. So I did that. Um, she loved it. Um, uh, you know, Brittany loved it. Her mom was super happy about the change we made. And if I recall, I think I just threw it out to Brittany. He's like, hey, you know, you what? Oh, well, I asked for a review, product review, and then she went into detail about what she does. And it's like, oh wow, this is you have a lot of experience in health and wellness. Um, you're trained. Like this is are are you interested in, in you know a position to help us kind of grow? And that's kind of how it started from there and it's it's been great ever since. Awesome. So go going back to uh, uh, creating the most out of a random moment, so and then doing that networking. Yeah. Because it could really end it with uh, losing a customer and a bunch of bad press, but but because of the timely response you turned it into something more. Yep, yep, and that's the thing you gotta learn. You know, I I do take that one note from from Bezos is customer obsession. Um, we call it subscriber obsession, and we're trying to get better at that because it is true. You know, you gotta go above and beyond for the subscriber, and and you know, so it, that was just in the jacks, especially kind of like uh, right now when people are like are reviewing their finances more carefully and they're really thinking hard about where they're gonna spend spent yeah. half the amount that they used to spend at five brands, right? Yeah, it's so true. It's true. So that was Ursula, Brittany, we have Austin. So going back to the, the early days of, I mentioned contrast. So um, I bugged Austin for a long, long time because Austin's very good. He's, he's an engineering buddy of mine. Um, he works a hell of a lot faster than I can work and he just gets stuff done. Um, he's more logistics and backend support. On the okay. website, on processes, procedures, um, but more so logistics. He's a logistics guy. He kind of likes to stay behind the scenes, um, and I'm more business development, um, um, fine-tuning processes and procedures, and that's my forte, right? Talking to potential vendors, talking to subscribers, and, and just keeping the, the team happy, upbeat, and moving along. Awesome. And then, would you say would you say that you apply any of the skills that you kind of learn as a mechanical engineer to this? Yeah. Um, 
I would say being detail oriented, but that's also kind of just who I am. But I think, you know, really watching each step when, especially when it comes to like pricing models and proposals, um, you really got to be careful with that and, and look at every angle before making a call. Fantastic. Also, uh, let's have a, a little pause. So, so do you have a favorite type of tea? Oh man, I was I was fearful of this question, so I'm gonna get blasted from you, I bet. Um, so to be honest, um, my favorite kind of tea, and I haven't, you know, I'm not fancy, I haven't dabbled yet in all the teas, um, but I like a good English breakfast. Nice, me too. I know it's so like no, standard and basic, but I'm pretty I'm pretty like standard for the most part for tea because it's 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 just uh, you know those things that that you don't want to dabble in because you you want to you you want to trust that this is good and yep. this will always be good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I drink a lot of Yorkshire tea and English okay. breakfast teas. Okay. Strong yep. black teas for the most part. So yeah. So it wasn't a terrible answer. <laughs> I felt like it would be. I have tried the Yogi brand um, stress relief tea. Okay. It's all right. It's good. It it kind of does calm me down, but I don't know if that's just because it's like mental marketing. You see stress relief, and it's like, oh, <laughs> oh. Uh, but yeah, well, English. Breakfast is my, that's what you think. Yeah. English breakfast is my go-to. That's that's my tea. Awesome. So so then when you're not uh, so when you're not busy promoting uh, your your brand and obviously all the how time-consuming it is. Is there anything you'd like to do to relax? Uh, I've been taking up disc golf a lot more past disc? few years. Nice. You know, you know, we all go and play. Um, Ursula's getting really into it, I think more than me. Um, but, I, you know, my problem is I work, I think I work too much. I focus on work too much. Um, you know, I'm trying to get us to the next level. And so I don't take enough time for myself, which is, I'm working on it. I always promote it on my social media, you know, take time for yourself. <laughs> but then I see like, you know, I see like what Musk is doing, Bezos. I'm like, oh, I got to be like them. I got to be, you know, the next, the next big thing. Those but, are the nuts. Yeah, they're, I mean, they put a lot of years into what their craft. So it's, I think for me, I think disc golf is, is my, my escape from a lot of it. And it's a good, it's a good exercise. It's a good workout. How do you play disc golf? How do you play it? Yeah. So it's just like golf, except you're throwing specialized discs around into into cages. So you have nine or eighteen holes. Okay. And each one has par. So you have like a par three or a par four, depending on like. Oh. Yep. All right. So it's literally the same, but it's a disc move against instead of. Yep. Oh. Exactly. And you throw it to this big cage, and you just that's it. Yeah. You have putters, so you can you know you can make your putts. You've got your fairway drivers. Um, How big are the discs? Uh, I would say, shoot, roughly, what is that, like eight, nine inches diameter. Okay, so they're quite big. Yeah, yep. And then you have, um, they're different weights, and they travel different distances, so depending on how far away you are from the cage. Yeah. Is it, so, because so, it's still like golf, right? You're still swinging a club? No, no you're just you're throwing a frisbee. Oh, letting it rip, yeah. And you're, but you're throwing, so... Some holes are like 300 feet. Some can be 600. Um, the farthest we've played on was a course out in Arizona that had a, over a thousand feet. So it was it was pretty far. It was like a par five, I think. How far can you throw it in one go? 
Uh, me, I think my max was 350, 360. That's fine. It's not very far. Um, you know, no. these pros, no, the pros are doing upwards of five, 600 feet at a time, like easily. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, so it sounds like you can throw a disc a lot further than you can hit a golf ball for the pros. Uh, maybe, yeah. Let's see. Oh, my top is 411. Sorry. 411 feet is my, my max distance. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's so, how long, so how long does a round of disc golf take? Is it, uh, nine holes, you know, depending on how fast you go, 40 minutes, 30 minutes. Uh, also, it's a lot quicker than playing golf. Yeah, well, two rounds, you know, a round of like, so 18 or one round of 18 or two rounds of nine could be two hours, two and a half. And if you have, you know, a little bit longer. Nice. And then, so, um, what's one thing that you would kind of like to do next in your life? That's a good question. Um, I'm trying to, uh, I would really like to do a lot of company culture and podcasting, um, which kind of came around full circle from the day job. I'd really like to help companies rebuild their culture or build okay strong cultures at their startups yeah i, I never really so that uh, maybe i should have asked this question earlier but so 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 if you would to describe your personality to uh s someone that's never met you before how would you describe it huh. uh i think emotional <laughs> <laughs> uh i can just for the most part, I can relate to, to, to people pretty well. Um, I can read people pretty well, for the most part, um, early on, you know. So I think for me, it's that empathy slash, the empathetic slash emotional characteristics, which can be both good and bad, obviously. So. Right. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So as we come towards the end, end of the show uh, uh, do you want to leave the audience with one piece of advice or do, would you like to ask me a question one piece of advice well you can choose to ask me a question either way. okay okay so okay. so in a nutshell what's what's mike's journey oh that's a good one I haven't in a nutshell yep so i uh, lived in england uh, for the first 17 years of my life uh, moved to Canada age uh, 17. I'm now uh, 24. Uh, some some of my uh, interests, like consistently uh, through my childhood, uh, theater, uh, people, uh, storytelling, um, I guess curiosity of learning as much as I can about another person. Um, so I went to school uh, for theater and entertainment. I worked in uh, theater and events where which my favorite part about entertainment is uh, diversity and all the cool interesting people that you meet yeah i met people from all the way around the world and uh, then i went back to school and did media and communications because i i liked a lot of parts of theater but i didn't like the corporate side <laughs> there you go <laughs> uh, like uh, at the company that i worked for like obviously that i won't name wasn't very well read <laughs> It was all about the profit and not the people. Oh. Ah, uh, yep, yep. Awesome. Yeah, so I went back to school. I did media and communications. Obviously, uh, I graduated in 
July 2019. Okay, uh, nice. And then obviously uh, the, the economy has been pretty uh, rough since. Like, where it used to be, at least where I am, at least where they used to be like maybe four or five positions in the marketing department. It's now down to one, one or two max if you're lucky, and they're looking for people with 20 years of experience. So it's tough to like find find words. So just got a regular job and now trying to build my own project and then decided to integrate the fact that I love people, etc., and storytelling into the Tea with Mike show. Yeah. And, and, and it's also very relevant because te- technology and digital is super powerful and people have lost the ability to have a conversation. That's a yeah. nutshell. That's a- nice. I love it, man. I love what you're doing. Um, it, it's it's cool to see. You know, I see your posts. I see who you're talking to and and what you're doing, man. It's 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 awesome. You got something there. Um, I definitely hope to to return. You know, the the opportunity and favor on the podcast when I get that up and running. Um, 100%. Yeah, uh, have you on the show and we'll talk culture. We'll talk nine to five life and all that fun stuff. Hey, go. You should call your podcast nine to five life. The big well, X. <laughs> So the description has that. It's it's actually oh, called it Cold Iron Hour. So Cold Iron Hour from when I was in the day job life, um, Austin, the you know our our part owner in MAB would always say, "Man, you're so blunt. You're so like you're, you're transparent with everybody." I'm like, well, I don't know. What do you expect? And so he said, "I'm gonna start calling you the Cold Iron Hour. You know, being real, being blunt." And so that's what the podcast is called. And um, and I'm just. I just gotta get to the point of where I have some time to start interviewing people. Great. Yeah, it'd be cool, man. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. All right, we'll, we'll talk soon. All right, guys. Uh, this was another episode of uh, the Tea with Mike show. Uh, you'll be able to watch this episode at teawithmike.com. Thanks again, Justin. Thank you. Bye right, bye. It's the Tea with Mike show.